0: If you're ready to ditch the heat lamp and upgrade your feathered and furry friends, you should check out Sweeter Heater. Sweeter Heater products provide a safe, soft,
1: gentle infrared radiant heat to your new poultry friends. Sweeter Heater products don't create hot spots and are designed to warm the animal, not the environment, and are fully adjustable to maintain the ideal comfort level for your animals. They're safer than traditional heat lamps, and the peace of mind this product provides is priceless. Sweeter Heater has a variety of models and sizes to meet your
0: needs. Go to sweeterheater.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's sweeterheater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase. Oh, hey there, (laughs) Pev. I feel like I can't do two things at once. I can't open my beer and say hi at the same
1: time. Anyways, what are you drinking today? (laughs) I am drinking some very special coffee because it's coffee that I had to brew myself because my husband is out of town. Aww. (laughs) But... He was really sweet. I told him that I was going to have to go to a friend's house to go get coffee in the morning because anytime I make coffee, it's really bitter. I think I just, I measure wrong and I overgrind it or undergrind it or something. So I don't make coffee as well as he does. So he always does the coffee making. And when I went to prep the coffee maker at midnight last night, there was a pre-measured bag of beans in the cupboard with a sticky note on them that said, for Sunday coffee, and it had very clear instructions on how to grind it. And my coffee is delicious. So now I guess I know how to make proper coffee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Adulting!
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anybody else knew that about me. I'm not the one that makes the coffee. My husband does a good job. (laughs) I didn't even know that. And I've stayed at your house before.
0: (laughs) So that's funny.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. When... When someone's talent shines, you just go with it. And so I thought, I don't need to learn how to do this.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know what? It's all about divide and conquer, really. That's
1: true. So what did you open over there?
0: So I have a Shorts Brew Critterless, which is ironic because we have all kinds of critters around here. But (laughs) I liked it because, first of all, it's an American sour brewed with mango and cherry. Um, so right then I knew it was going to be mm. delicious, but also the label art, which you guys will see on our Instagram at drink and farm. When this episode drops, it's got all kinds of like, bugs and butterflies and dragonflies and cute stuff all over it. So yeah, it's adorable and delicious. So big win to Shorts Brewing Company. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Our drink peep this episode is our friend and teammate, Katie, from Sticky Holler Farm. So cheers, Katie.
0: Cheers. All right. So it's time for us to have our Henny and Rue Corner. And we're so excited to share with you what was in our May box. So, Bev. Yes. What was your favorite thing this month?
1: So my favorite thing was the floral hen bandana.
0: Yes. I love bandanas so much.
1: Oh, I do too. I need to keep this mop of hair out of my face. (laughs) And sometimes I don't want to put a hat on because, you know, hats like hurt your forehead and stuff. Yeah. And it's like sweaty and heavy if
0: it's the wrong hat. So, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bandanas are where it's at. What was your favorite thing out of the box?
0: So, I really liked the Welcome to the Coop Garden flag. It's going to look really cute in my garden that I'm putting together right now. I could put it next to the chicken coop, but you know what? I feel like the chickens are going to appreciate it. So I want it near my garden or in my garden for decor because, like, it's not quite put together yet. And my original intention for this weekend that we're recording was to put my garden in. But my dirt doesn't get here until Tuesday. So that's probably not going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. But we're, like, preparing... But it was either, like, pay, like, $100 more to have it the same day or wait a couple days and pay $100 less. So I was oh. like, I'm just going to wait.
1: Yeah, easy decision. So
0: I have plenty of time to decide where that lovely little flag is going to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I put mine in front of my cutest scoop. Oh, I love that. Yeah. How cute. <laughs> we also got a healthy treat pack for poultry and i've already fed it to the (laughs) little my pet chicken chicks that are in the barn and they devoured the whole thing it was hilarious (laughs) i love it we
0: also got a metal chick or grit feeder and it's a small feeder perfect for the brooder or you can use it for grit or a treat feeder for older birds And I've been on the hunt for a grit feeder that was smaller and cute and functional for the cutest coop for a long, long time. And now I have it. So I'm very excited about that too.
1: Yeah. And it works really well too. I actually, I used it to feed that treat sampler thing to the little chicks and it worked really well.
0: Oh, smart.
1: We also got a sample of Calmbox all natural non-GMO feed for pullets, ducks, and geese. And I love
0: that because that's actually, like, when we when we run out of grub lays and we're in a pinch, that's what our local feed store sells. So oh. it feels very full circle. Yeah. And it's great. It's really great feed, too.
1: Nice. We also
0: got non-GMO sprouting barley. Sprouting is a simple way to provide nutrition for your livestock and cut feed cost so the sprouted barley increases in protein quality essential fatty acids crude fiber and vitamin mineral content so it's a good thing to use and there's a little note here too that says should you wish to try the mason jar sprouting method honey and rue actually carries those so go check that out
1: they do and i have one and it works great yes yes it's also that time of year where we get our annual animal pee shot. This year it's wolf. I forgot what last year's was. I think one time it was bear. Maybe not. I don't know. I feel like it's changed species. Maybe fox. Fox, maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, but this this year you could uh, possess your very own wolf pee. So... Yes. You can get some of that at predatorpstore.com, according to the informational card. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and fun little fact, Predator Pea or Pea Shots, uh, they're really good to put in the coop because they keep predators away, because the predator will smell it and be like, oh, this is wolf territory and GTFO, so you'll be good.
0: Yeah. We also got a lay petite Cake, and this is an excellent natural food supplement for chickens, turkeys, geese, ducks, pheasants, and other fowl. So that was a nice little addition as well.
1: And every box comes packaged with a nesting box liner. And I actually use these in our nesting boxes.
0: Yay. And those are compostable Compostable too, right? (laughs) Yes, they are
1: compostable.
0: Compostable.
1: (laughs) It sounds like a delicious meal, compostable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or it's like not impossible. Impossible, it's compostable. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'm going to stop. (laughs) and tell you guys that in the June box, we do have a preview. And if you're like us, if you haven't noticed in our store, we kind of have a thing for coffee mugs. My husband yells at me every time I get a new one, if I don't get rid of another one. Lucky for him, the June box contains a free range chicken camping cup that looks awful patriotic. So I'm very excited about this camping cup that I don't need, but would absolutely buy at a farm store.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Super cute. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And there's also Hydro Hen 3 in 1 probiotics and electrolytes. So those two things will be in the June box along with some other surprises. So if you haven't done so yet, go to honeyandroo.com, sign up for the monthly box subscription, and use code Drink and Farm at checkout to get 10% off your first box. Alright, so I do have a quick follow up. We talked about brood 10. Recently, not Brood X. (laughs) I mean, but we're still calling it Brood X because it's fun and sounds more metal Mm -hmm. than Brood Time. And I came across this really funny article. Funny to me, maybe, but it's written pretty seriously. And the headline is, can you eat cicadas? Yes. And here's the best way to catch, cook, and snack on them. (laughs) (laughs) So eating insects is kind of been a thing for a while i think they can be high in protein i personally ate a termite in the jungle in belize it is a thing how was it was it delicious it was minty so they taste like whatever they've been eating so i got lucky and got a minty one but you know a little termite compared to a crunchy ass looking cicada big difference i think to get over that in my head yeah So basically, I won't read the whole article because it's kind of long, but you guys can check it out. It's from the Washington Post. We'll link it in the show notes. And this mom says that her two young daughters will stay up late until midnight so they can go outside and pluck cicadas from the nymphal cases as they emerge. And she served them up dipped in chocolate to her daughter's classmates before. So that's something you can do. In the article, it also talks about like grinding them up. So I'll let you guys kind of dive deeper into that. We won't spend too much time on this. But at the end of the article, it does say the honest truth is that they don't have a ton of flavor. So it's probably like a, more of a mental hurdle to get over. So if you're looking for a new snack, I guess if you're in the town area, stay up late and go catch you some cicadas.
1: I have heard of eating cicadas before. And in fact, when I was in high school our science teacher fried grasshoppers really for like the end of year thing I don't remember if I ate one or not I want to say no because I tend to be (laughs) a little like texture picky I guess okay so you're
0: not an adventurous eater
1: I mean (laughs) I I like to eat lots of food and I'm Usually pretty adventurous, but anything that's like not a typical food mm. I tend to struggle with. Okay. And when I say typical food, I mean, that's just like what I view as typical food culturally, like culturally eating cicadas and grasshoppers is totally appropriate and daily for some people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because they are they are really nutritious. And in fact, the grublies guys talked about you could eat grublies as a snack, like technically yeah. They just taste like sunflower seeds. <laughs> <laughs> so insect protein is like totally a, a legit thing.
0: Yeah. I think I've seen some companies come on Shark Tank outside of like our friends at Grubbley's. I think they might have been on Shark Tank too. Now I feel like I'm blurring our friends with First Saturday Line, maybe. I don't know. But I've definitely <laughs> seen it in a lot of places recently.
1: Yep. So, yeah.
0: So that's it, guys. That's our follow up about cicadas.
1: And now we get to dive into our episode.
0: Yay! The moment you've all been waiting for.
1: (laughs) Yes. Today, we're going to give our gardening updates. Hooray!
0: We've been putting this one off a little bit, but that's mostly because we wanted to wait until there was enough going on that this wouldn't be like a five-minute episode, leaving you all disappointed and wanting more.
1: (laughs) To be fair... This year, Mother Nature put off gardening just in general.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She wanted to sleep in a little bit for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, yesterday morning, so we're recording this on May 16th. So on May 15th, there was frost here in my yard. Mm.
0: See, we had our last frost a couple days before that. So when I saw that you had a frost yesterday, it was like, gosh, that's weird because you're so much more south than I am.
1: Yeah. And I think some of it has to do with where my house is located because in town they said they didn't get a oh, frost. And in fact... But
0: you're like on a hill, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm on a
1: hill. I'm exposed. There's nothing that like insulates our farm area like from the elements, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like not surrounded by woods or anything. We're just like out in the open. But the low was only supposed to be 40, and we still got a frost on the ground. So, yeah, that was kind of disappointing. But now it's done, like, for sure, because the low last night was 50, so we're good now.
0: Yeah, that's about where we're at now, too. So I'm not seeing any weird dips in the forecast, so I'm definitely going to be putting stuff in over time over the next couple of weeks. I was hoping to do, like, a big bang and get everything done or at least a large portion of stuff done. But that's just not how it's working out this year. And that's okay, because I just have to go update some dates in my spreadsheet and then figure it out from there. Not a big deal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's one of the nice things about having a plan, is that when things go off the rails, like you can still catch up and go back to it. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like always a big advocate for at least putting together some sort of plan. And in fact, yesterday, because – Last night or the night before was technically like my for sure last frost, even though it was supposed to be three weeks prior to that. (laughs) Um, I got to pull out my garden planner and look at the beds that I had laid out. And I was able to get two beds planted in like an hour because I already knew where everything needed to go. So I just pulled trays out of the greenhouse and planted those two beds. And yeah, it was nice to like actually get some stuff out of the greenhouse because it's been overflowing now for several weeks. (laughs) It's a good problem
0: to have.
1: It is, but it was so funny. I, I had planned for like all of these pepper plants. I, I put in 26 pepper plants yesterday.
0: Oh, wow. They're
1: all spicy peppers. I don't know what happened to my bell peppers, but I don't have any.
0: <laughs> oh, so Bev is just going to be living the spicy life.
1: Pretty much, pretty much. I'll go to a nursery and go pick up some, because at this point, if I start them from seeds, I won't have peppers until September. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know what happened. In, according to my book, I planted some, but I wonder if those were some of the seeds that just, like, didn't come up oh. and I forgot to make a note. Or I did make a note and I just haven't found it yet. So I'm still figuring out how to use my system. And once I settle into a groove, it'll be a little easier, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, where are all my bell peppers? I do have some mini bell peppers, though, uh, which I'm excited about those. But they're like little like thumb-sized bell peppers. They don't get big. They're like a snack. (laughs) Yeah, they're little snack bell peppers.
0: They sound adorable, though. I like mini anything. Mm -hmm. That's probably why I'm obsessed with baby animals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I planted three mini plants this year. The mini bell peppers, mini eggplants, and mini bell tomatoes they're like these adorable little tomato plants that are like a foot tall that's as tall as they get yeah they're the cutest little things and the tomatoes are like the size of the tip of your pinky they're so tiny
0: (laughs) oh my gosh how
1: cute truly (laughs) miniature
0: (laughs) so what else do you got going on over there
1: So yesterday was my really big gardening day because I'm trying to get everything done before I go on vacation. It's my husband and I's 10-year anniversary this week. Well, I guess from when this drops, it will have been the prior week. But I need to get everything planted before we leave just because the temperatures are going to get, like, super crazy while we're gone. And I don't want everything in the greenhouse to fry. so Oh, yeah. My goal this week is to get all of the plants out of the greenhouse except the things that are in the beds. And then what I'm going to do is I'm just going to open the greenhouse up and I'll leave it open unless there's a really bad wind. Because a bad wind can get trapped inside the greenhouse and, like, rip it apart. So when uh, we're getting, like, 40 mile an hour winds, I need to close everything.
0: Mm-hmm. But as
1: long as it's below that. It can handle the wind. So So that's my goal. And I'm probably about halfway done. So after we're done recording, I'll get to go out there and put some more stuff in the garden. I've planted so many flowers. It's not even funny. And that was really fun. I'm glad that I planted flower seeds this year. We did dahlias and zinnias and, gosh, I can't even pronounce half of the flowers (laughs) that I planted.
0: (laughs) They're pretty. That's all we need to know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're so pretty. I did bachelor's buttons and cosmos and, yeah, snapdragons, just, like, so many flowers. I'm really looking forward to those. And yesterday, I also intercropped about 150 onions into my lettuce bed. Holy shit. And. I'm really excited to see how that goes. So I bought – I didn't mean to buy that many onions. I <laughs> i bought one bundle of of onion sets for the purple onions or red onions. And then the other kind of onion I buy every year are candy onions. Those are my favorite white onions. And I picked up the bundle and I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like, oh, I need two of these. <laughs> So I grabbed a second one. And when I opened up all three of the bundles and started hydrating them before I put them in the ground, I was like, wow, this is a lot of onions. I mean, I'll freeze them and I'll dehydrate them. So we'll use them all this winter. But I thought, I don't really want to dedicate a whole bed to onions. What else could I do? So I walked around the garden and I've got a really nice greens and lettuces bed And I was looking between the rows and I thought, you know, lettuces have really shallow roots and they'll start dying off like come mid-June. It's Mm going to start getting too hot for a lot of that stuff. So I thought, well, by that point, that's when the bulbs will start like really forming and getting big. So why don't I just plant these sets in between all these lettuce rows and then maybe the greens can help shade the lettuces a little bit to help extend that season just a bit. But... Those can be growing, and then when the lettuce is gone, then it's just an onion bed. But I didn't have to dedicate a whole bed to onions now.
0: Smart.
1: Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's going to go really well. I What I did was I took my soaker hose out there, and I just soaked the whole bed so that the soil was nice and soft. And then I just took the onion sets, and I used a finger, and I just, like, you know, I poked a hole in the soil and then popped the onion set in and I just did that row after row after row and gosh it took me forever to plant that bed but that whole <laughs> thing every single row has onions in between it
0: <laughs> right well 150 <laughs> onions is a lot
1: yeah I'm guessing that there were 50 per bundle because there was just it was so many onions it's, oh it had gosh. to be that many <laughs> oh. it was like oh but luckily we like onions so that's good Yes. One other new thing that I did this year is I planted a whole potato bed.
0: Nice.
1: I don't usually do that. I always have trouble with potatoes because we get potato bugs really bad. Oh. But I'm going to experiment with doing the marigolds and nasturtiums in the potato bed to help repel some things. I'll also be sure to put that line of First Saturday lime around it. But also there is a potato beetle like bait or poison type of thing that my neighbor uses. And if they get really bad, then I think I might give in and go for that. I usually try not to do that, but Mm -hmm. I really want potatoes this year because you can get some really cool potato varieties when you plant them yourself. Like, gosh, I need to look at the names really quick. But like one of them is just this really beautiful purple potato. (sighs) And it looks so gorgeous. When I cut it apart so that I could cut the eyes apart, I just was like, oh, my gosh. Like, they just – they look so pretty. (laughs) They're called Purple Majesty. Ooh. It's like a super dark purple color in the middle of it. Nice. But then I got some red Norland potatoes, and I also did French fingerling potatoes. So I got really experimental with that. And I did some sweet potato vines also. You plant sweet potatoes from like the little vine slips. So they're like wrapped in newspaper and they've already got all their leafy greens and stuff on them. And I just popped those into the same bed. So my goal with the potato bed is actually to leave some. And then just mulch that bed in. And then next year, I won't have to plant it. I'll just get volunteer potatoes because that's what my neighbor does. And she loves it. She's like, I don't plant potatoes anymore. I just leave some of them in there and then they grow for me.
0: (laughs) Nice.
1: Yeah. That's cool. It's all about like working smarter and not harder.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Heck yeah.
1: (laughs) And one of the other things that I did this week, which I did it a little early, unfortunately. So I did lose some tomatoes and some marigolds, but I put in... My tomato trellis bed. So I've had that trellis that goes through the middle of my garden. It's just a stretched two by four welded wire fence. I stretched that through the middle of my garden for tomatoes, always intending to put tomatoes in there. Mm -hmm. And I did a few last year, but I didn't really like mark the bed. Well, I used some downed branches to just frame a bed out. Oh,
0: cute.
1: Yeah, it does. It looks really cute. My husband was he was kind of discouraging me from doing that because he's like, we have all these like nice built garden beds. So like when you add that, it's going to add like a weird rustic look in the middle of like all of this finished look. But lumber is so expensive. I'm not building any more beds right now. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs)
0: Don't do it. It's
1: not cheap. (laughs) No, and so I was just like, I have to, I have to line this bed somehow because I really want to put the tomatoes on the trellis. But I wanted to put marigolds and lettuce and zinnias at the base of the tomatoes and the only way to do that is to mark the bed off otherwise i'm going to have them like spilling into the path and mm-hmm. stuff and then everything's going to get like all crazy so i lined so i peeled the plastic back i lined the bed with the with the downed tree limbs and i bought this really cool auger tool it's a foot long 3 inch auger that works with our drill
0: Oh, I think I've seen something like that advertised on Instagram recently. Like, it keeps yelling at me to buy it. And I'm like, I really don't need that, but it looks fun.
1: So I don't recommend buying it from the ads because you're probably going to end up with some, like, cheap, like, China knockoff. Because <laughs> that's what tends to happen to me when I buy from social media ads. So I tend to just ignore those. And then I go on – I Google that product. Mm-hmm. And then I found an American-made Auger nice. that was identical to that one, and yeah, it cost like two or three times as much. But I was able to make three quarters of that bed and plant fifteen tomatoes and all of the marigolds in like an hour and a half after work the other day because wow. of that auger. Because I just went down and I just like zoom, zoom, zoom the holes for the mm-hmm. tomatoes, and it worked perfectly. And I used it yesterday to plant dahlias and sweet peas, and it was so nice because it goes through the weed cloth. So, oh, yeah, if you have a bed where you put weed cloth down, like that auger is a lifesaver so that you can punch through the weed cloth and get your plant in.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So I highly recommend that. And in fact, I'll put a link in the show notes to the auger because I bought it from Amazon and it's a USA made one. And so far it's held up really well. So I feel good about it at this point. Good. One thing that is still on my list, and I was hoping I would get to it this week, is I need to tarp my corn bed for the corns, pumpkins, and sunflowers. And I hoped to get the tractor out and smooth that bed out and get that done this weekend, but I just lost all of the time. And unfortunately, now there's <laughs> clover growing in it. Oh, no. <laughs> So it's another one of those we planned on building another bed there, but because of lumber prices, we changed our minds. So I told Jared, I'm like, I'm just going to plant this stuff straight in the ground this year. But I'm going to tarp it first because of the mm-hmm. clover so that it can kill it all. And then I'll use the auger to drill through the tarp to plant the corn and the sunflowers and the pumpkins individually. And we'll nice. see how that does. But I'll have stuff spilling into the path since I don't have a bed marked off. But I figured something is better than nothing this year. And yeah. I just need to get it started.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And then the last thing that I've really been working on a lot this year is I learned how to sprout dahlias from tubers.
0: Ooh, fancy. Yeah. I don't know if that's fancy, but it sounds fancy.
1: It felt fancy. So I went on like <laughs> Etsy and I ordered some dahlia tubers and they came, they were already like starting to sprout in the bags, which was really exciting. Ooh. But I got those four dahlias in a like a pretty garden bed over the weekend, which I'm really proud of. So I'm actually going to have like some landscaping. <laughs> nice. And I had ordered some more from someone on Instagram that sells Dahlia tubers and I just got those planted yesterday. So they're not super fancy, but the trick is you don't want to get them too wet because Dahlia tubers rot really easily. So like well-draining soil is is really essential for them. And you want to make sure that you don't bury the eye. So you'll look at your tuber and you'll see like a little tiny circle where a little tiny sprout is coming out. Just make sure that you don't cover that in soil. And that should be where your dahlia plant grows from. And then you'll be good to go. So I don't know. I had a, several people tell me that dahlias don't grow very well in my area. So I may have just invested in a new hobby that's not going to come to fruition but I thought I'd give it a try because dahlias are the new hot cut flower so yeah they're super pretty oh they are they're beautiful so I thought I'd give those a try today's episode is sponsored in part by my pet chicken your one-stop shop to feed all of your poultry addiction needs
0: my Pet Chicken offers a variety of poultry supplies, from chicken coops to chicken diapers, as well as a wide variety of chicken,
1: duck, and goose breeds. So go to mypetchicken.com slash farm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know that we sent you and is a great way to support our podcast and order what your poultry-loving heart desires.
0: We only want the best for our flocks, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Grubly Farms Grublies, an all-natural snack that provides the nutrients and minerals needed for happier, healthier chickens.
1: And now, Grubly Farms is offering flocks a choice on where their grub love is harvested with Grublys World Harvest. That's
0: right. Grubly's World Harvest is the same amazing grublies that bring your flock to the yard, but harvested at FDA-approved farms around the world, but never China.
1: Grubly's World Harvest has all the calcium and protein that OG Grubly's have, but at a lower price point, so you can enjoy a happy hour with your hens more often, which is something we can all balk about.
0: So give Grubly's World Harvest a try today and head on over to grublyfarms.com. You can use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order.
1: Ooh, so I felt like I talked a lot. What What do you got going on over there? I feel like I need a nap.
0: Like, you got so much going on over there. (laughs) I need to nap for you. (laughs) I love it, though. No, it sounds like... I can tell. It's funny because we've been doing this podcast for a while. And compared to, like, probably one of the first times you talked about gardening, you can, like, if you listen to our whole podcast journey, it's probably funny. People could probably track how much we've grown over time. For us, though, like, I think it's really difficult as the person going through the journey to understand how far you've come Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: you're always like like I do this at work too you never take time to like turn around and look at what you've done and celebrate it and have gratitude for it that's really intentional thing you have to do otherwise you can get really stuck on like just pushing forward and seeing the problems that you have. But like you've grown so much as a gardener just in the couple of years that we've been friends and doing this podcast. And I'm just super proud of you. Oh, thanks. So I'll get mushy for a second. We'll just drink our drink for a second there. (laughs) I'm I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) Okay. But anyways,
1: (laughs) and from all of this, Garden journey, you've become a gardener too. Because gardening yeah. isn't necessarily something you were super into, right? No, well, because I hate weeds. Oh, yeah. So
0: much. And that is like one of the chores my mom would try to make me do. And I just wouldn't like it because my parents have like an in the ground, huge garden they do a bunch of stuff and it was always like wildly successful. So some of that's kind of intimidating to me too, because it's like, Oh man, I might just suck at this. Or if it's got to go straight into the ground, like I don't want to do it because I hate weeds. Mm -hmm. And like I work, you know, my parents both work full time job too, but like being in the garden and weeding was not my idea of like blowing off steam. Although yesterday I did pull some weeds and it was oddly therapeutic. So (laughs) maybe, maybe I'm turning a corner there. But yeah, so this year, after I grew like a couple of beans and a pumpkin last year, I got super excited. <laughs> this year, I've decided kind of go big or go home, but not too big because, you know, budget and time and all that fun stuff. But I did start a variety of seeds. My plan was to do it in three phases, but I ran out of room after phase two, <laughs> because it's like i was just in my utility closet which isn't super big but we like got some shelves and made it work so i have like three or four i think it's three like shelves of stuff so it was better than last year i didn't have the mold issues that i had last year because we had a fan going in there oh smart it also shares space with my water heater and My furnace, so there's not, like, a ton of room in there. But that's okay. I did some up-potting, too, and it was, like, a 50-50 shot if I screwed it up. (laughs) Not everything (laughs) made it after the up-pot, which is also okay because I'm still learning. It's fine. But I think I'm just coming to the conclusion that I'm not, like, a huge fan of seed starting. It's kind of fun. But I think next year I might do, like, 75% direct sow. And maybe 25% seed starting, which might limit like what I'll get. But I feel like right now there's a lot of trial and error going on and that's okay. But part of me feels like it's a little wasteful. So the things that have been starting really well for me though are like some tomatoes and cucumbers, my God, maybe I should just have like a pickle company or something because my cucumbers are like <laughs> banging.
1: Nice.
0: And I do love pickles, so maybe it's my calling. I don't know. <laughs> but my mom you're gonna be a pickle farmer yeah my mom makes really really great pickles she cans them herself so maybe maybe we'll go into business together I don't know she does listen so think about it mom anyways so I have those and I'm pretty excited about them but like my broccoli and cauliflower like they're doing okay so maybe they'll be fine once they go outside but most of my stuff I think will be just direct so which I'm okay with and next year maybe we'll do like a greenhouse situation so I can start it outside. Like my month before seed starting maybe if that was outside it might be okay, but I'm just not really feeling like cramming
1: things into my utility closet's working for me either. But we'll see how I feel next year. So it's so funny that you mentioned the greenhouse cuz next year I'm actually going to do our seed starting in the basement instead of the greenhouse. Ah! <laughs> what i need to do is i need to use the greenhouse as more of a hardening off space. Oh, that's good to know. The way that my greenhouse is set up and i don't know if i don't know yet if it's my greenhouse or the things that i've done in it, maybe i haven't set something up right, but controlling the temperature and the light is too hard out mm. there and maybe it was just because we had a really bad spring but like I needed a heater in there like I technically probably should have had a heater running last week I didn't though I finally unplugged everything because I we needed to mow and I was getting too worried that we were gonna forget to unplug one of the extension cords oh. so once mowing season started I just unplugged it and said what happens happens and we lost some tomatoes and we lost some flowers to like frosts on the edge of the greenhouse It got too cold in some corners but, yeah, like, my tomato starts, i I sold tomato starts for the first time this weekend. It's my first official selling of something from the farm,
0: yay, that's huge. yeah,
1: it is' it's huge. But the tomatoes are really, like puny because I like the ones that I started in my office were way better than the ones that I started oh. in the greenhouse this year. So I need better temperature and light control, and I don't know how to get it in the in the greenhouse. So I think next year I'm gonna to go back inside, but I'm going to put it in the basement with better lights. And then we'll keep working on the greenhouse thing. But the greenhouse is a great place for kale and like all the brassicas, like all the cold weather stuff. The greenhouse is perfect for that. But like tomatoes and peppers and things like that, like not, not for that greenhouse.
0: (laughs) Not for my greenhouse. You just got to make it work for you. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. So I think those things I'm going to start inside. Cold weather stuff, I'll start in the greenhouse because that's fine. But...
0: Well that's good to know because then I'll just maybe I'll do a mix and if we do go the greenhouse route that is good to know for like colder weather stuff and like hardening off because that's my problem. Like I don't have a problem starting it but once it starts getting like out of control and I have to up pot then it's like all my space is gone. Mm -hmm. So I'll have to think through. I also like honestly we probably should have gotten a new furnace this year, but we skipped it because we got it to work. <laughs> and if I, if we do get a new furnace, it'll go in the basement and it'll open up that closet. So, like, I'm, like, mentally preparing for next winter having to do that. In that case, if we can move that to the basement, I'll have quite a bit more room. And maybe I'll think differently about it. Nice. But anyway, so that's where the seed starting's at. We also got the materials for our garden beds. If you follow me at, over on Instagram, which, by the way, I just did a name change on Instagram. I'm no longer at wine. I think I thoroughly confused people, even though I put it in my stories, but not everybody looks at my stories versus feed, blah, blah, blah. Now we are Twin Willows Farm. That is my LLC for the farm, so I can start feeling like a big kid with a business, and it's really gotten my butt in gear for, like... Doing actual farm things and legitimizing what we're doing. Nice. Yeah. So it feels good. I, I also have somebody working on a logo and things like that, so I'm taking it very seriously.
1: Ooh, I like it. Yeah.
0: It's been it's been a lot of fun. But anyway, so we got our garden beds, and guys, it was expensive AF because Bev, like Bev's been saying, lumber prices are just stupid. Like is the only way I can describe it. But I'd been saving and already went in with the expectation that I was going to pay more because of the way things are right now. And that was okay. We bought, instead of doing all wood, we bought eight foot corrugated metal roof sheets for the long sides and just kind of built like a frame type situation. So the ends are wood and then we have like little pole, like the treated poles you can get from tractor supply to do fencing. Mm -hmm. That's what's holding everything together, like in the corners and in the middle. And then along the top, we have a border now because I needed a place to be able to place my adult beverage. Like, yeah. And, and like kneel on and not cut my leg on metal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so dual purpose there. But it did kind of eat into some of my planting space. But the trade off of like, you know, not having to have, not have a place to put things down or kneel on because mine are like three feet tall. So they're real tall beds, too. So, you know, I also had to anticipate how much I was going to pay for dirt because I need almost, like if I was doing purely dirt, it's like two acres
1: of soil
0: per bed. But what we're going to do is I have a lot of boxes, a lot of cardboard boxes, so I'm going to break those down, put those in. We have a lot of branches. We have, like, chicken shit and goat shit from years and years, like composting. So it's going to be a mix I did end up getting eight yards of 50-50 mix, which is a garden compost soil mix. So it's a lot, but I'm going to like all my bigger pots and stuff that I have around the house. Everything's getting fresh soil this year because that stuff's been sitting for a little while. So all the stuff in those pots will go into the bottom of the bed as well. And I have four beds. We were going to do six, but I'm like, you know what? (laughs) Like, let's start with four and make sure, like, I actually want to do this after this year. <laughs> so maybe I'll be like, screw this. This is too much work. I hate it. <laughs> I don't think I will. But if if I really like it and need the space next year, we'll build two more. Not a big deal. But, like, full disclosure, it probably costs about $300 to build those three be- four beds when it was all said and done. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Yeah, Yeah. So this year, I'll put, like, my corn... And some other crops that take up a lot of space are really tall. I'm just going to plant those straight into the ground around the same area. I'm not going to put those in a bed or anything like that this year. And then I'm also going to have a separate space, like a really big space, for pumpkins, watermelons, and sunflowers. Although I did plant some sunflowers yesterday. I got some from Wild Roots Farm. And they're like... There's one called a Titan sunflowers, and the heads can be like 24 inches big. So I put some of those in front of a fence we have out front, and then she has a short stack mix, which has a bunch of like different ones that range from like I think like a foot to three feet or something like that. And I put those in front of our porch out front. So hopefully they look good. Nice. They look. The pictures look gorgeous <laughs> on our website. So I'm excited to like buy some, but from somebody I follow on Instagram. But I have like a shit ton of sunflower seeds left, so I got to figure out where I'm going to put the rest of them.
1: (laughs) You could never have too many sunflowers in my opinion. I'm so excited. So
0: that's how it's going. So I feel like we're slightly behind schedule from where I originally thought in my head, but... It's like maybe only a week or two behind, which isn't too terrible.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling a little behind right now too, and I think it was just the this year like spring cold spring felt like it held on a little longer than normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like at least up here we didn't get slammed with crazy crazy snowstorms all winter. True that. We just had a couple that were kind of I wouldn't even call them bad. So I think that was the trade-off with mother nature. <laughs> Your winter won't completely suck, but your spring's going to be a little cold. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. So, I think that's it for me. Maybe we'll do another one of these in a month or two once things are really rocking and rolling in our gardens and
1: Oh yeah. Then you can all find out
0: if I hate it or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I look forward to doing another update because I want to I want to see like how my planned garden beds actually go like it was really fun to put things like in the grid where they actually belonged. That's the one mm. thing that I like about the seed starting is you have more control over like the aesthetics of the bed. Yes. The all the places where I direct, so like I have crooked rows and they're overcrowded. But what I do is I pick those extra plants and I eat them as baby greens. So I still eat Ooh. them because I hate wasting them. But then that allows me to thin them while like getting to enjoy some of it right away, mm-hmm. which is nice. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how things like end up panning out after like all this prep work yes. <laughs> that we've done <laughs> yeah so that's it on the garden update guys yeah. be sure and join our facebook group tell us how your garden's going and you know like how did the spring pan out for you maybe you got to start planning early so you're like ahead of the game <laughs>
0: you're like haha bitches <laughs> we want to hear about
1: it <laughs> yes please All
0: right, so now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week?
1: So there is a hilarious video on the Internet of a drunk man riding a donkey. (laughs) And it is hilarious. It's just like, I don't know where this is at, but clearly this guy is on vacation. He's wearing a Speedo and a sailor's hat. (laughs) And he is out cold on the back of a donkey <laughs> Oh my
0: god!
1: and someone just happens to be filming and you see this donkey come into the frame just like the donkey knows where he's going he's just like headed in a specific direction <laughs> and you can see like the local police officers like following and they're like what the what what is happening and they're just like laughing and this guy is out cold and it's oh, clearly no. like early in the morning it's like six or seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good you guys have to click on that link and go watch it i saw it and i just i couldn't stop laughing and i was like i know i know what this is for i know where to share this <laughs> yes <laughs> so what about you what is your can't even this week
0: so mine is also from newsweek so it's a newsweek week and it is about a three-eyed cow that was spotted on a farm so this was over in Wales in the United Kingdom. A vet made an extraordinary discovery when she came across a three-eyed cow while routine testing cattle on a farm. Ooh. Yeah. So if you guys click on the link, you can see a picture of the cow. And it is, like, directly in the center between its two eyes that should be there. And it's kind of creepy. Because, like, I don't know. Even. If- Have you heard about people talking about, like, the pineal gland in your third eye? Like, it is, like, right there where your pineal gland would be if you were a human. So it feels, like, a little creepy, like, a little too convenient for this cow to have this. But what it honestly is is a developmental anomaly that probably occurred before the calf was born. Well, it did occur before the calf was born. But it happened when it was developing within the mama cow. And it doesn't appear to be causing any problems. If it does not act and it doesn't act differently than the other calves, but this is extremely rare and it's not like they can really tell if like the cow can see out of that eye or anything, but because it's acting like a normal cow, he'll probably just go to slaughter one day, like his friends. So (laughs) check check the link out so you can see the picture if you haven't already seen it floating around the internet. It's a little creepy, but very interesting.
1: Yeah, I just looked at it. You know, when you think about it, cows really should have an eye there because I always feel like Percy is having a hard time seeing, like, the snacks that I give him and stuff, you know, because their Uh. eyes are on the side of their head. (laughs) So he can't see straight in front of him very well. So it's a very convenient place for an extra eye on a cow, if you ask me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, cow vision is really interesting because of the way they can see. They can see everything, but basically, like, where their tail is. But it is true, like, when I'm trying to get fancy some snacks, I usually have to show her on one side or the other because I'm so darn close to her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. no. <laughs> wouldn't it be so weird if all cows had three eyes? <laughs> oh, man. Just another one to get infected with pink eye.
1: <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> so make sure you send us your can't evens in the Facebook group or You can send them to our Facebook page via Facebook Messenger or Instagram. Anyways, you can find us in places. Or you can email them to us at drinkinform at gmail.com.
1: And be sure and leave us a review. Every episode, reread one of your reviews here on the show. And then at the end of the month, we draw a winner from all of the reviews that we read. And that person gets to take home, I guess, yeah, <laughs> an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop.
0: All right. So this review is from our friend Steph. And she's at Elder Oaks Arms. And this was interesting. So... It starts out by saying staying connected, and she says, Bev and Sam are two people that I have loved following on social media since before the podcast was even created. So this is someone I would classify as like a ride or die, I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's definitely our
0: friend for real. (laughs) Yes. And she goes on to say they are super relatable, down-to-earth farm chicks who give zero clucks about keeping up with unrealistic social media perfection. And the Drink and Farm podcast follows suit. I left social media this past January and finally had time to catch up on the podcast. And by catch up, I mean binging every single episode from start to finish within the past four months. I'm feeling a mixture of accomplishment mixed with sadness and I'm completely caught up because now I will have to wait for each new episode to drop. Listening to Drink and Farm podcast is not only entertaining, educational, and all-around day brightening, it also gives me a way to feel like I'm still staying connected with my farming friends, despite not having social media. So cheers to you, Bev and Sam, for creating the best farming community and podcast that there is. You guys are awesome.
1: Oh, I love that review so much. And Steph, when I saw your review come in, I just like, I... It reminded me that you're gone from social media and that I miss you because I miss seeing her posts. But so I'll find a link to it and I'll put it in the show notes. If anyone else was friends with Steph from Elder Oaks Farm, she has a blog and sends out a weekly newsletter. So I read those every week so that I can see what's still going on with her. But I do miss that like back and forth connection and interaction that you get with social media.
0: But I get it. Like... Social media can be super draining.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've been I've taken a step back from it a little bit. I'm not posting quite as often and I'm definitely not on there as often reading. But I I think I figured out a good balance that works for me. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy social media because that's how that's how I stay connected with people. Without social media, I'd be really isolated here. Yes. And I wouldn't get to interact with all of the people that share, you know, the same values and the same things that I do. So I do appreciate it for that. And when I see things that are just really upsetting, that's where the unfollow button comes in or the block button. If it's something that, like, you know, Instagram served to me that I don't actually follow, I just block those things so they don't try to serve it to me again, thinking I like it. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: That's the beauty of social media. Like, you are – a user and you have the power to not be on there to block to unfollow and it's also your right to post your opinion whether i Mm -hmm. agree with you or not might cause me to hit the block button but (laughs) that's okay but that's okay because yeah it's it's supposed to be fun Mm -hmm. it is or at least that's what i think it is supposed to be (laughs)
1: Yeah. And it it is hard to make it that way. You have to be you you have to be in the brain space that you can Mm -hmm. go through and, and figure out how to do that. And and sometimes and during some periods, that's not possible. And I just stay off during those times. And I think that that's there's a way to manage it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: So we miss you, Steph. But I love keeping up with you on your newsletter. So I'm so happy that you do that. Thank you.
0: All right, so hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find this podcast.
1: And share this episode over on Instagram in your stories. Tag us. We are at Farm on Instagram. We'll send you a promo code that'll give you a discount off in our merch shop.
0: Make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles, a survey where you can anonymously tell us how we're doing, along with links to our social media and our merch shop. So that's it, guys. That's it. Like Bev said earlier, get in our Facebook group. Tell us how your garden's going. Or if you're having garden struggles, we have so many helpful people in that group. We do. That somebody's going to help you.
1: For (laughs) sure.
0: Yeah. So until next time. Drink. Farm. And and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and
1: day if you're looking for a way to support the podcast check out patreon.com drink and farm we have multiple levels of support you can sign up for starting at just two dollars a month and at that level you'll get access to our outtakes and some other fun extras on the patreon app
0: we have other levels too that allow you to get a little something else out of the deal. We just launched a new series called Straight No Chaser for our listeners at the $5 level. So this content is only available on Patreon to patrons at the $5 level or above.
1: We also have levels that include gifts, stickers, discount codes, and t-shirts. So go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm for more details.